Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's happened. The Matt Eberflus Ryan Poles press conference. Two guests on DeWindy today. Ben Heisler, longtime Bears fan, managing editor, Bet sided. I work with Ben in the fan sided family coming up on the show. Also, first time appearance for Herb Howard. Herb is working with It's the Bigs at It's the Bigs on Twitter. Uh, they do a great job giving a little different angle to your sports coverage. He's also a radio personality at WVON. And he's a co-host of the I Said What I Said podcast. Herb is awesome. Been asking some great questions at Bears Pressers. So wanted to get him on. And uh, yeah, we have a we have an in-depth discussion coming up here on what the Bears have done and where the Bears are going. Let me just say this. Matt Eberflus, really? I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be positive. But Jim Harbaugh is either going to Minnesota or Miami. The Raiders just hired Josh McDaniels. The Bears are hiring a first-time general manager, a first-time head coach, and the coach, by the way, is a defensive coach, which is also interesting in today's NFL, and they hired a first-time coordinator, Luke Getze. Let's give everybody first time. Nobody has any experience. And George McCaskey, the fan. Listen, I hope it works out. I don't want to be... Over the top, they messed it up on February the 1st of 2022. But I'd be a lot more excited. And I didn't even want Jim Harbaugh. But it'd be a lot more interesting if it was Jim Harbaugh. And Josh McDaniels, you wouldn't want that offensive mind working with Justin Fields? I think you would. But we've got Matt Eberflus. There was one moment in the press conference yesterday, which we don't talk about coming up, that I want to get out there. David Haw, my buddy formerly at the game, and now with, of course, WSCR doing a great job in the mornings with Molly. He asked the two of them, hey, guys, it's been reported that you share the same agent. Is that true? And that answer should have been like, yeah, we do. We've been uh, with Trace Armstrong, the former Bear, for a long time. But they both acted like Haw had uncovered some major piece of information that they didn't want out there, which was just odd. And so then you kind of wonder, the Bears hire polls. They've, they've got three guys in mind. Somehow, some way, Matt Eberflus is one of them that Ryan Poles wants to hire. This is supposed to be the polls hire. It's just odd, right? Or did it go down like, Trace Armstrong, hey, Ryan, I can get you in front of Bill Polian and George McCaskey and Ted Phillips. And by the way, if you do get the job, I'd really like to talk you to talk to my client my other client and a great guy in Matt Eberflus it seems like Trace was pulling a lot of the strings here and these guys 
just didn't want to own the the agent connection, which was just odd. It it all doesn't necessarily matter if Eberflus and Poles can do the job, but how we got to this point is just uh, interesting. Let's put it that way. And then you've got big names going left and right here, but the Bears perhaps not wanting to pay or not wanting to give control or whatever it is. There could be some insecurity going on here. If you have Jim Harbaugh in the building, George McCaskey probably feels that much dumber. So does Ted Phillips. And maybe they don't want the you know, uncomfortableness of a guy who perhaps would confront them more than Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus will. But here we are, Poles and Eberflus. All right, let's get to Ben. Let's get to Herb. Let's get this going. The Windy City Podcast starts right now. Showtime. And welcome in to Windy City YouTube. What's up, Ben Heisler? Congrats. What's manage- up, Carm? Managing editor, bet sided, longtime, longtime Chicago Bears fan. Herb Howard was at the press conference today. Is supposed to join us at some point here. Fingers crossed that we get Herb in here. But uh, look, I listened and I liked some parts. I like an emotional general manager. I like a guy who, when he thinks about his journey at 36 and can't even say the words Brett Veach because Veach means so much to him. And who knows what he told the Chicago Bears about Ryan Poles? Like, I, I appreciate that guy. Whenever. You know, someday somebody asks me, who helped you, Carm? I'll probably start crying and won't be able to say the words David Kaplan or whoever the hell else will pop into my head at that point. But uh, so I liked that, Ben. And then uh, Matt Eberflus got up there, and I'm sure he's a fine fellow, and I'm not trying to say that he can't do the job because maybe he can. But that was a lot of coach speak, Ben. A lot, a lot, a lot of coach speak. Yeah. Yeah. It was a ton of coach speak to the point where I wasn't sure if you were playing a little bit of coach speak bingo. Like if somebody at the press conference was just going to stand up and shout out, I I'll start with Ryan Poles because that's an area that I, I feel like I have a better connection to being in Kansas city uh, and, and still having some familiar sources in and around that team. Everything that I've heard about him, Carm has stood out to me as someone who just gets it. Um, and, and right away, the, the big difference to me between what I saw from Ryan Poles and Ryan Pace as we play the old Matt and Ryan game yet again in Chicago, there's an element of quiet confidence about him and accountability. I think Ryan Poles won't have an issue telling you if he got something wrong, which general managers will do in the NFL. It's so much of it is a swing. You're taking chances. You're trying to be opportunistic. Only one team can win a Super Bowl at the end of the year. And, and Ryan, despite being a fairly young guy, has come from multiple avenues in Kansas City that was really low. And then once he left, it was at a point where it was much higher. I was very, he, he was very thoughtful in his answers without giving you nothing. And you got a lot of nothing, a lot of emptiness from Ryan Pace. So I think from that standpoint, trusting him and trusting that he's going to work well with somebody that is going to accept that vision is important to me. And, and maybe Matt Eberflus behind the media walls and the microphones is very, very different, but I, I just heard a lot of things, Garm, that just rang a lot of bells. I, I heard the, the hits concept, you know, we, we were in radio for a long time. We always talked about playing the hits, but 
man, when you lead with acronyms in your press conference, it just feels very college And I couldn't escape the old Illinois coach, Tim Beckman, out of my mind, hear, hearing him speak and go through it. He might be a very good head coach. And every indication of the staff that he's bringing on and the person who hired him in Ryan Poles, everybody is glowing about Matt Eberflus. But just those alarm bells in my head started going off the moment acronyms and concepts of football and all the different aspects of educate the players and motivate them and finding what inspires them. These are grown men making a lot of money. Like there needs to be a better way to get that message of that message forward has to be right. And uh, we're going to have Herb Howard. Let me actually bring Herb Howard in who does a great job covering the bears who, who I believe was either at the press conference today or, or on zoom. Herb, were you in the, in attendance? Yeah, I was there. I was in the building today. Okay, so when Eberflus goes into the coach speak, Herb, are you looking around the room and seeing is anybody having a reaction, or were you like, uh, or were you, did everybody just kind of sit there very firm and like, okay, this is we knew this was coming, we knew we were going to be Eberflused, and that doesn't mean he can't do the job. This is who he is. Uh, what what was going on as far as just like the vibe in there? I think it was disappointing. I think that you know you you, you enter these things, you kind of hope for something fresh, something new, something different. And even if you anticipate, you know, more coach speak, you just kind of hope that this will be refreshing, something kind of different. He'll be more honest, more open, more sincere with his answers. But then, like, you come in and it's the acronyms and it's the, it's the coach speak, <laughs> general coach speak. And it was like, uh, Brian Pose, he seemed to be a little bit more authentic, a little bit more open, uh, a little bit more willing to uh, engage, honestly. But I don't know. Matt Eberflus seemed very, very coach speaky. And and what it's not so much what that means in terms of us as media, but how does that play in the locker room if that's really how you are, if that's really who you're going to be? So, right. Herb, phenomenal point. And by the way, check out Herb on Twitter and check out hashtag the bigs where you're doing great work. And uh heard you on the radio a bunch. Excited to have you on here. And I don't know if you've ever met Ben, but Ben's a kingpin of his own managing editor bet side and everybody out of youtube land we love you uh listen i'm going back to a moment in matt Nagy time right now where they were five and one last year they're flying back on the plane and at the press conference the next day he's telling everybody it was just an awesome plane ride i mean some guys were eating some guys were sleeping <laughs> some guys were reading and you know you walk up and i'm sitting there like dude i think you're a nice guy i really do even though some of that is in question now with all the after you know some of the sure. stuff that's come out after he's been fired but like this isn't junior college this ain't high school like you're just explaining a plane ride and and to your point, Herb, it's not about what you know the media thinks, but in the room, that is not yeah. going to play. Guys are going to be looking around like, who the hell is this guy? It's the same thing that happened with Mark Tressman. So you talk to Bears guys who were on that team, Earl Bennett, who uh, done a bunch of these type of things, but they were like amazed by the the, the incompetence and the ridiculousness mm -hmm. that was Mark Tressman. So I I mean I, I don't know uh, Ben I mean. I, either of you guys just jump in here, but it, it is, it, it does make you worried. It makes you a little bit worried. Whereas polls, I, I, I felt fine to that point. Like, it's like, okay, Ryan polls, you, you, you're, you're an emotional grounded, you're respecting the position guy. And he said some really good things too, about, look, we're going to take guys as strengths and we're going to do what do they do. Well, 
Yeah, and that made a right. That made a ton of sense. That was like, okay, Matt Nagy didn't do that. That that's a win right there. No, no, that makes that makes a whole lot of sense. And this is one thing you know. Every coach is going to have their philosophies and kind of have their buzzwords or whatnot. And it's one thing to say, hey, we're going to be a team that takes the ball. That's fine, right? But when it's this hits principle and this hit is like, I don't know how that plays with grown rich men like I don't, I don't i don't know how well that plays and so i would be like you come in here you leading with this acronym it's like all right coach <laughs> I, I, yeah I'm, I'm i'm with you i think that's the key element here is you might be able to and, and, I, and i think to a certain extent a lot of nfl head coaches will try to establish their own identity from the very beginning, especially first-time head coaches, right? You're trying to set a precedent. You're trying to say and act like you've been there before when the reality is you haven't really been there before. And he gets going with talking about getting the track shoes on by the time practice starts. And again, if you want to run a little bit more intense practices, that's fine. That's your prerogative. You're You're the damn head football coach of the Chicago Bears. The key is sustainability. If you're going to be a culture changer, how are you going to make that culture last long term? You know, a, a lot of you know, I, somebody like Mike Tomlin, when he was hired in Pittsburgh, um, defensive minded guy, young, extremely bright, uh, somebody that was going to command the room right away. And mm-hmm. now you've seen how it's worked out over time. So many winning seasons, the best NFL coach since 2007 uh, in covering the spread, maybe more so for, for guys like me who are betting on somebody <laughs> like Tomlin. But what it shows you is that there is an aspect of accountability and they yeah. hold themselves to it and they rise above in aspects where they probably shouldn't be favored. My concern about Eberflus, like you mentioned, is how is that going to be a culture that's sustained over time? Maybe one, two years, the, the defense plays over their skis a little bit. They force a ton of turnovers. But you know what team forced the number one amount of turnovers? Was Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears in 2018. They led the NFL in takeaways. And then that was a stat that did not hold up over time. And especially when Vic Fangio left, um, you brought in Chuck Pagano, that defense changed a little Brown and Sean Desai got him back a little bit too. They were a top 10 defense this year. I, I just don't know how much of this can be sustained over time. Maybe Ro- clearly Ryan Poles believes that this is somebody that can come in, be a CEO type. The defensive coordinator is going to call plays. The offensive coordinator is going to call plays. And, and that is a step in, a, in the right direction but you need to make sure that this is sustainable. And what I saw from him didn't feel like someone that I would want to play for for a long time because I feel that that message at some point is going to, to ring a little bit hollow. Yeah, uh, I like the comp that you gave with Mike Tomlin. I'm sorry. I, just no. want, I, I like the comp that you gave with Mike Tomlin because that's, that's when it matters, right? Everybody can coach from the front. And I think that if they're winning, his message will be fine, right? And, then, and everybody will be fine with the hits thing and everything. But – when you fall on hard times, do you have the ability to right the ship? Can you reach them then? And that's what Mike Tomlin is so good at. When, they're, when they have a two, three-game losing streak, somehow you look up at the end of the season and week 17, week 18, they still have a shot at the playoffs. It's like, I don't even know how they got here. They weren't even supposed to. They weren't even good for real. I think that's, that's what's going to matter. So I'm going to fail this test, and I hate to put you guys on the spot, but does anybody remember what the hits actually is? H and he had like two. He had two T's and I think two S's. Does anybody remember what the hits were? Because I don't. I've already forgotten the hits, which is oh, I think is going to be similar to Bears players. Anybody got it? <laughs> it was hustle, intensity, uh, take the ball take, away, takeaways, yeah, and then and, uh, smart. smart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hustle, intensity, takeaways, smarts. 
I'm Matt Eberflus. Do I mean, we to, believe- to, to the players' credit, yeah. though, they at least get it on the wall. Like, we're just going <laughs> off of what he's told us. And, you know, for some of us, we'd already tuned him out in the first 30 seconds. Do we think that this was completely like they're, the Bears are putting it out there that Ryan Poles told them to talk to Matt Eberflus and this is, you know, was primo guy number one versus like, hey, uh, hey, 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 Ryan, these are the three guys we like. Pick who you like. I mean, I, it doesn't seem to me like this was a clean slate from it. Just it, that doesn't, that's not how it feels, but they are trying to sell that part. I, I don't have any reason to not believe Ryan Poles. He hasn't given me personally. I, I, I can only judge the man off of what he says, right? Yes, there's certain aspects about how the Bears have run this process before that can make me um, be. It, it at least feel like it's okay. Something isn't being like, the message isn't being received along the way. I, I think what happened is that he did have a list of candidates. Eberflus was one that's mentioned. You have to remember that Trace Armstrong's role in, in all of this, right? The kingmaker in all of this is putting the pieces together. It's part of the reason that the staff is looking as I don't want to call it impressive because I have no idea if it's going to work, but it does look good from the initial consideration, bringing in somebody like Luke Getze from Green Bay that was uh, somebody that's fairly accomplished, um, that was going to get opportunities to to get some decent offensive coordinator positions moving forward. They get a chance for him to call plays. We brings on first defensive coordinator, bringing Ian Cunningham from Philadelphia. Like there's some good names here that, that Trace Armstrong, and for anyone who's unfamiliar with him, he's the president, he's an agent uh, that's helping keep these relationships together. So from, from that standpoint, I don't have a reason to doubt Ryan Poles when he says that this was his decision. Um, I'm a little curious that he didn't want to talk to somebody like Brian Flores, who he played with um, at, at Boston College. I thought that was a little bit interesting. I was a little bit surprised that maybe they didn't want to have a conversation with Eric Bieniemy, who is known for a long time in Kansas City. Even just from an optics perspective, to see him bring in and challenge a couple more names that he would want to talk to directly, I found to be interesting. But I do think there was a communication where he said, I like Eberflus, and they said, great. We also really like Eberflus. We think you two of you guys should have a conversation together. So I don't doubt Ryan Poles when he had the autonomy to make this decision, but I would have liked to have seen him add a few more names to the list. Ben went deep there, Herb. I, and I, I, I felt all of it. No, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think that, you know, it, it does seem like a really, really strong coincidence, you know, for you know <laughs> him to, of all the people in the world, right, for him to want the guy that they had already had as a finalist, that seems a bit much. But I do think that there was, there was probably some overlap during his interview process that says, okay, what are some coaches that you like? I and mean, he was probably on that list. And he's like, great, he's on our list too. But I just think that, you know, you get a job like a GM of the Chicago Bears, I would imagine that there's somebody that you kind of just always want to interview. And I, I asked him that, um directly but like ben said i can only trust what he said and when i asked him he said you know no i i like matt eberflus and i was like oh okay cool you know what i mean <laughs> he, so was, if, if he that, was fairly that... he was fairly definitive too herb like it was like a very short emphatic statement that's just like i didn't need to i had him and so it was almost like a, an end of the line at like a rom-com i was like oh my oh my goodness this is just yeah. it's, it's a little bit yeah. powerful but I, I think we kind of just have to take him at his word there, right? There's no other indication that I think we can go on at this point moving forward. And the one other aspect here 
is that there is a Kansas City connection to Matt Eberflus. And that's Chris Ballard, who everybody thought was going to be the GM instead of Ryan Pace. They end up bringing on Pace. Um, Ballard ends up going to Indianapolis, builds a strong team. I know that they didn't finish the season the way that most anticipated with that bad loss to Jacksonville, but most would indicate that Ballard is in that top tier amongst some of the better GMs in the game. And it's a guy that knows Ryan polls about as well as anybody. So I would imagine there's been some overlap in that conversation as well. And maybe there is some concepts that, that work together between the two of them. So let's just talk about human nature on that one. Okay. Uh, and, and also a connection between Matt Nagy and, and Matt Eberflus. Cause, cause Matt Nagy showed up in Chicago right after the chiefs blew a 21 to three lead on the Titans in the playoffs and completely turtled in the second half lose the game 22-21. Here comes our offensive coordinator, Ed Obradovich, who I do Bears postgame with NWGN Radio, screaming about how the hell do they hire the guy who blew the playoff game. Now you go and you hire the Colts guy who gets smoked by the Jaguars. That ain't a great look either. But to the Ballard point that I'm trying to tie together here, I understand that that we're all trying to look out for our guys in, in, in this world. But we also do look out for number one. And if you're Chris Ballard and you love Matt Eberflus and you really want him coaching your defense, do you think you go out of your way to tell Ryan Poles, like, this is the guy you got to hire? If, he, if you really wanted him there, um, I, 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 and I think we might have lost Herbs if I think he might be frozen. So, uh, Ben, does that make sense? Because, that, that, like, look, man, if I don't want to lose a guy as – as much as I like to be a good guy in life and promote people, I, her, I see her moving around right now. Like, I don't know if I'm promoting him to be the, uh, you know, I, I might, I might be a little more quiet than, than what's being reported. That's all I'm saying. I, I think that's a fair point and a fair contentious point to, to bring to the table here. I, I also think that, you know, Ballard was planning on making some changes anyway and looking internal. I don't think that I, even blues is going to come back. I'm not, in, in saying that he was the you know, lame duck anyway. Um, but I do think that, you know, remember he brought in Eberflus when they thought McDaniels was coming in and McDaniels didn't end sure. up coming on. They brought in Frank Reich and then the two of them worked together and had a, a really good working relationship. I, I do think Ballard is somebody that is happy for the success of his coaches. I don't think he's thrilled that they're bringing on uh, the other Borgonzi brother uh, into the mix to, to go and coach. Cause that's somebody that coached up Darius Leonard, Darius Leonard's a stud, but I, I don't necessarily buy into that. I, I think all these guys have good working uh, relationships and, and they, you would think that a general manager would believe that he has a, a defensive system that can be effective. Even if they're defensive coordinator, you have to prepare for that. And, and the bears, if Luke Getze brings Justin Fields to the level that he's capable of, he's going to be a head coach. Somewhere. He'll be gone. Yeah, exactly. So you as a general manager and as a head coach need to know that your God, I'm now I'm talking in football speak, that your system <laughs> is going to be sustainable if you lose one of these key members of your staff. I, I, that that part of it's like, look, man, if, if Luke Getzey comes over here and he's phenomenal and Justin Fields is cooking and he gets hired in two years or one year, great. That means we had a phenomenal year. And hopefully the coaches underneath him understand the system and let's go. I, I'm not worried about that aspect of it. Yeah, ideally, you kind of you kind of want that to happen, right? Because it's just yeah. a sign of production and productivity. And so I think that if you have a good defense, then you should anticipate your, your DC is going to be gone soon. If you have a good offense, same thing there. And what you will want to then have in place is to say, okay, now can my linebackers coach become my DC? Can my secondary coach become my DC? 
And I think that we saw that here, you know, in terms of how Sean Desai was able to rise up to being a DC. I think that that would be ultimately be what they would hope to happen in Indy um, unless they go with the old coach to the new place. And by the way, like, yeah, identify on your staff who's a stud, i.e. Brandon Staley, and don't let him get out the door uh, like the Bears did. And and I don't care how the Chargers season ended. That that got, that that was a miss on the Bears' part. Let me let me read. Uh, and, and Bears fans, we uh, we're, we're here for you. Uh, this is a, I, I know we're supposed to be excited. I know this is supposed to be a great day. I'm not trying to throw all sorts of of, of uh, shade on on the process, but I mean, I you know we're I know you guys are all feeling the same way too. But here's a comment from Justin Fields, which I thought was interesting. By the way, here here's. Here, here we go with Poles and Eberflus, and then, okay, then we're, we're going to roll out George McCaskey. You can talk to him again, and then we're going to bring you Justin Fields. So at least they understand that, that uh, you know, who's the most important person in the, in the franchise right now. And this was Fields afterwards, one of the quotes. Quote, it's important for coaches to run plays that their players are good at running. Thank you. <laughs> they already have a base idea what my strengths are, but me being able to communicate with them and tell them what my strengths are, we can get on the same page. But there's going to be some new stuff that we didn't run last year that works and I've never run before. And by the time training camp comes around, I'll know it, which is a nice way of saying that the stuff last year sucked. But it's a good way of saying that I think it sounds to me like he's he's dialing up the optimism here a little bit. Yeah, that seems to be in line with what Ryan Pohl said, too. You know, you, you find out what our players do well and then we do that a lot until we get better at the other things. And so I think that, you know, it would behoove um, – the Bears offensively to figure out exactly what Justin does well and then do that a lot. Incorporate some more read option. Let him use athleticism a little bit more than the Bears chose to do last year as he continues to develop in other areas. That, that only makes sense to me. Carm, I, I think we had the conversation last week when we were talking about how Nagy's system, when having the right players in it, is a beautiful offensive football scheme. Like we've seen it in Kansas City for the last several years, but you also have Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey in a, a top five offensive line. The problem is that you it, it, maybe the comparison is like when you're a great athlete and you're trying to figure out why other athletes can't do what you're able to do. Like they, they, they just don't mm -hmm. see things the same way as you do. And I think Nagy saw the Kansas City offenses. Well, of course it works. I've seen it work. But the problem is you're using the Bears offense to try to run it with a bottom five offensive line, uh, a good running back, but nowhere near the same type of level at the quarterback and wide receiver and tight end position. So he's his he missed out on the opportunity to adjust the scheme to your quarterback and tailor it to your personnel because in his head, I'm like, I know this works. And it's going to work and, and, and we're going to figure out whatever ways we can to make this work because I know it works. And if it doesn't work, then then something else is wrong because it's not the offense system because the offense system works. This is about tailoring it to your actual personnel and the strengths of your team. You know, he was trying to run Andy Reid's offense with Mitch Trubisky and Justin Fields, who didn't have first team reps all throughout the preseason. It just didn't add up. It didn't make sense. This makes more sense. So and it was interesting, too, that. Paul said that he talked to Nagy and, hey, mm -hmm. what'd you do right? What'd you do wrong? Why'd you get fired? What What would you do differently? What's your recommendation? Which I think is great that whatever, that Matt would have the conversation, that Ryan would reach out. Hey, listen, I mean, this is a fraternity. You might be in my seat someday. So all that makes sense. I'd be very interested to hear what Matt said. Like, 
you know, what, what did he do wrong? I, uh, and how he sees it and whether he, he's actually processed all of it, but to the whole offensive coordinator and system thing and Luke Getzey, I like whatever Aaron Rodgers has been incredible. So I suppose that's supposed to give bears fans confidence, but there's part of me that's like, that's Aaron Rodgers. That doesn't mean it's going to transfer here. And I'm looking at, you know, Baltimore. I mean, Greg Roman, whoever he was throwing out there this year, Lamar Jackson gets hurt. Tyler Huntley comes in and he's strong. And then Josh Johnson's got to play and he played well. So I don't know if I, you know, Greg Roman as a head coach might've been a little tall, but that's what we're looking for. It can, you know, can you figure out what works for this guy and, and doing it on the fly like that? That's that, that's super ass impressive. And I, I mean, I don't know how you guys, is there confidence in Getsy uh, from you guys? I, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with the Rogers component for me. I got to see, I got, I'll, I'll wait and see. Now, certainly he's obviously been around a system that works well and he's seen what great quarterback play looks like at the highest level. Um, and so I'm sure he has some of that in him, but I'll have to wait and see before I make a judgment on him holistically as a coach. But I, I think that there's a lot of ways to win a football game. There's, there are lots of ways to win football games. You don't just have to win it one particular way. And I think that a lot of coaches, you know, fall into, I have to be able to win it this way. This is my system. And this, it has to go this way. It doesn't have to go that way. Bill Belichick, the best coach in the league. He's won all different kinds of ways. If we got to throw it 50 times, we'll throw it 50 times. We got to run it 50 times, we'll run it 50 times. But it's all dictated by his roster. Who's on the team? If we've got, you know, Wes Welker and Randy Moss and all, then we'll break every passing record there is. But if not, then we'll rotate six running backs through here and still win games. There's a different way to do it. You just got to be willing to adjust and have the ability to do so. Right. And, and to Herb's point too, Carm, it, not only is it about tailoring, you know, the type of offense and how you try to play to win to your personnel, but, you know, talk about the adjustments within the actual game itself. And how many times did the Bengals in the second half of, of, of yesterday's game um, send three guys in to try to rush the passer, leave eight guys back and the chiefs would rush on first down and then they would pass pass and it'd be incomplete incomplete. And they'd punt it away. And they gave the Bengals the opportunity to go back and win that game and come back from 18 down. Everything is about adjustments in the game and trying to make sure that you have the more opportunistic play uh, on the other side of the field. Same thing goes on the defensive side of the ball. If you're not going to be able to adjust, then you're screwed either way, regardless of the personnel that you have. So as long as your coach is willing to make and recognize those adjustments over the course of the game, then you're going to have a chance. Uh, ready to ball podcast, the play action offense and run game will be more multi and quarterback design runs. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm down for that. I let's let's get some RPOs going here. I, it always scares me uh, when you get a quarterback on the move, uh, but that's what he's good at. Uh, you know, it, and I don't. I actually let me let me take that back because he threw uh, like I, I'm not a hundred percent certain that we don't want Justin Fields just if if at least in a moving pocket more so than trying to tear up teams on the ground. That doesn't tend to end well. Dudes get clipped. They're done. And when he was cooking at times this year, I mean, those balls are on the money. This is not – I don't I don't want him to get pigeonholed and like he's a running quarterback. That doesn't seem right to me. On the other side of it, it's like, I'm not sure we have the right guy or not. We did not see enough this year. It's up in the air uh, whether or not Fields is, is, is what the Bears need him to be. That's, that's kind of how I'm seeing the quarterback position. But I – you you definitely needed to make a change to find out 
if he is or not. It wasn't going to work the way it was going. That's so good for the Bears, change for change sake. Yeah, I think he's got all the tools. I think he, I think he can make all the throws. There were some special, special throws, like elite-level throws that he made this year. Um, I think particularly one against the Steelers. He hit Cole Komet down the seam with a just perfectly placed ball that was up and down. I think he's got the ability to put the ball over the linebackers and in front of the safeties. He can hit the corner routes. He can throw it on the move. I think he can make all the throws. I'm not saying that he's um, strictly a running quarterback and that he can't beat you from the pocket. I'm just saying that he has special ability as an athlete, and you should incorporate that a little bit more. You should use that some more, um, especially when you have David Montgomery to run it with him. And so I think that they should absolutely just inc- let, allow him to be the athlete that he is. He's a phenomenal athlete. Let him use it. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think what it comes back to for me is I, I think about the system that like Lou Getz is going to come in from, right? It's under Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur was with uh, Sean McVay under Kyle Shanahan, under Mike Shanahan. So you have a lot of like movable parts with like a very physical offensive line that sets the tone with a really good running game. And for everybody that says, well, these are your young coaches that are, are very pass heavy. Uh, Sean McVay ran the ball, I think 37 times in that playoff win against Arizona, ran it again, about 30 times in their next playoff when they're using up runs to set up all sorts of play action. So there's that base of understanding, like you can be physical up front, have a solid running game, but then take all sorts of different ways to be able to move your quarterback around, cut the field in half, open it up. You can expand the playbook in a wide variety of ways. And Kyle Shanahan moved up how many picks to go get Trey Lance to run that offense. This is the same offense that you're going to be running in Chicago, and now you have somebody with Justin Fields that has a lot more experience, both at the collegiate level and now at the pro level, to be able to run that offense. And from a, a skills perspective, you can make the argument that he has just as good of a skill set and talent-wise as somebody as Trey Lance, maybe even better. So I think you can use him in a wide variety of ways and make it a really workable offense for him while still being able to have a solid running game to take some pressure off of him as well. Let Let's just end with two things. Number one, Bears' biggest need right now is I would I mean you could go a lot of ways with this. I, I would be tempted to say playmakers because Darnell Mooney, great year, thousand yards receiving, all that. Who's with him? I, I like A A Rob to me feels like that's over. So and I it's probably best for him to move on. So who's who else is there? Uh, but you can also say up front and you, or you could point to the aging defense. There's a lot of ways we could go here. Yeah. I think that they did themselves a huge disservice. And I know that they had the, you know, Matt Nagy's under pressure to try to win. He's trying to save his job, but I think that he did the organization a huge disservice by not finding out if Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum are your tackles going forward. Because if you were able to answer that question last year, then you go into this season without not being a question anymore. And then you absolutely go look for weapons. How can we get more weapons on the field for Justin? But I think that until you're absolutely certain that you can protect him, that was going to remain the number one issue for me. And so I I don't know how they're going to answer that question in the springtime or even in the summertime. And so going into free agency and going into the draft, I think that's the old line is still a huge question mark. And, you know, shout out to Jason Peters. He came in, played serviceable serviceable football for them, 39, 40 years old. Good job. Larry Borum, when he had his opportunities, he looked fine. But I think that once Tevin Jenkins was able to go, he should have gotten every single rep there was. 
and say, thank you, Jason Peters. We appreciate you. But right now we got to find out if this kid is going to be the tackle next year. You can go home if you want. You can stay if you want. But we got to let this kid play because we need to answer this question before the offseason comes. Yeah, and Jason Peters, for the record, wouldn't have cared. Thank you. Appreciate it. I, I, I wouldn't you – know, got to be on the field and you paid me well i was in a fishing boat i get it and if he didn't get it i mean that'd be ridiculous there goes the light right. doesn't matter right. but it's not like i don't think jason peters would have cared he, no. of course he if, no. you know go ahead ben get the light back yeah I, I think it comes down to, to two positions you got to figure out who your left tackle is going to be because I, I think jenkins jenkins was probably better designed to, to play on the right side than on the left side and, and what i saw from him wasn't particularly impressive borum when he played uh had some stretches that i thought he looked he looked better than, than what i thought for a fifth round pick out of out of mizzou i you need to get some more help for for fields downfield um mooney could i don't look at mooney as, as that clear-cut number one guy he had a really nice season i think he's a talented dude but uh so much of, of the NFL right now is about mismatches and moving guys and figuring out the place for him. Like Mooney is an outside player. Like maybe you move him in the slot a little bit and you can find some mismatches, but that's not what the bears used him for. So I don't know if all of a sudden his ceiling is going to take off next year because he's in a, an offense that's likely going to, I mean, it has to be better. They were the worst offense in the NFL. Um, so you need to have a clear cut number one wide receiver for fields. And you need to be able to protect him. And so I, I think you have to figure out where that's going to be, uh, whether you truly trust Tevin Jenkins. I don't think you can give up on him this quickly, but uh, you need some more depth at the offensive line. Like you can't, you can't call Jason Peters again next year. Like right. that just, it's not happening. So figure out some depth on the offensive line, put him in a more favorable position where he's not scrambling and running for his life. His first NFL real NFL start, he got sacked nine times. Like that can't, ever happen again and put him in that type of spot so fix the offensive line get him another playmaker on offense and then i, I think you can have one more year uh with this defense if you unless you decide you're going to try and sell everybody off i, I want to end with uh of something that's t completely unfair three years from now <laughs> will we be saying eber bust or eber love you i don't know so, something whatever <laughs> that's not good but we get the point I, I if you had to bet right now one press conference in on january the 31st 2022 with justin fields talking last today and george mccaskey getting in there and george going to the airport to pick him up because he wanted to show uh, ryan poles that he really cares good job george i love that out of you good for you do what you can in life uh but i don't hear you know Feel free to uh, to weigh in here. Will which we, I, I I love how Herb is really in deep thought over this. So Herb, take it. What, what do you think? Did did the Bears get it right? Thirteen general managers in fourteen days or whatever the hell George told us. I mean, they talked to everybody. Did they get it right? If I had to bet on it, I'd say it'll work. I think that he's a defensive coach. And I think that there are some pieces in place on that side of the ball for him to be able to come in and be effective on that side of the ball. Now, he's going to have to be able to match that with in-game decision-making. It's the adjustments Ben was talking about during the game. Can he do those things? But I think that he'll be able to establish a defensive identity that will give you a chance to win the game. And that's all you can really hope for, just a chance to win football games. And I think that if he can get his defense in place, 
and he can build around the Roquan Smith, and he's still got Khalil Mack, and you've got Robert Quinn, you've got a good young corner in Jalen Johnson. I think he can put a defense in place that will allow them to be competitive in games. And then what happens on the offensive side of the ball? So if I had to say today, three years from now, we say they got the right guy. I, I, I would lean towards Jess, but it's like 51-49 lean. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, uh, it's, I, I think that Bears fans should, should love that answer. Give me a, give me a 51. That's, a, that's better than we normally do. What, what do you think, Ben? I will be very curious as to whether or not – like to, here, here's how I ultimately see this. Iberflus either is a solid head coach that can, can make you know a, a five- to eight-year run – where you, you get some playoff appearances, maybe Fields starts to really take that turn, and, and you start to feel a little bit more secure because there are actual good pieces in place for him to be successful. He's delegating. He's going to develop a culture. The defense is going to start taking the ball away a little bit. Like All these things are really good things. I, I think our, our biggest qualm right now with Eberflus is the, the coach-speaky stuff. Right. And, and that's not even necessarily fair for us to evaluate him. Like it's, it's annoying and we wonder whether it's going to translate, but if the players play hard for him, that's really all that matters. And you're bringing in an exciting offensive minded coordinator out of green Bay that I think people can, can feel better about compared to the regime from the past. So this either lasts a, a decent period of time through fields going maybe into, you know, age you know, 26, 27, uh, getting that next contract, and then you look at it as a success, or Eberflus goes full on Eberflus, and the team just completely dismisses him, and you have the next Jim Boylan coaching football in the NFL. I don't think it's going to be that bad. I think there's too many smart people around him to have made that type of a decision, but it's either going to flame out very, very fast, or this ends up being a, a solid hire for a decent amount of years. So I'll, I'll, I'll bet with her, but I'll say that this works out. And let me just tell a Jim Boylan story on the way out here. When the Bulls hired Boylan, I'm at the Advocate Center. It's his first ever press conference. This is obviously pre-COVID. Things were normal. I loved my life. Uh, Pax is up there introducing Boylan. He's standing there. The media's huddled around. And Boylan is standing with us in the media and like leaning in to hear what Pax is saying and what the questions are. And it's like, Carm, David Schuster, who, Casey Johnson, Boylan. And I'm like, what are you doing? This is this is straight weird. So Eberflus was a little bit weird today, but he wasn't that weird. So, so when, when, we're start, when we bring up Boylan, just know the Boylan star – which was not as high profile as what today was, was really awkward. And you could just sense it immediately. This dude, I mean, it's, it's kind of like what you were saying, Herb, earlier. Like you, the Chicago Bulls looked all around the NBA at that time and figured out that the best coach in the NBA, somehow miraculously was sitting on their bench. How did that happen? And it's like, whereas, oh, it's a miracle. Maddie, uh, uh, Ryan Poles thought the same best three coach was, was Matt Eberflus. What's the coincidence there? That's a little bit odd. But, Fingers, Fingers crossed, crossed. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that this will work out. Uh, Herb, appreciate you jumping out. Awesome to have you on for the first time. Ben, I work with you every day. Oh. You're awesome, too. Um, <laughs> let, let's do it again, guys. Uh, thanks for being on to Wendy. 
bear down. Hopefully they got it right. And uh, hey, Herb, where 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 can people find you the most? Where where can people catch your work? Uh, the most uh, at at it's the bigs at it's the bigs where I do most of the tweeting. So uh, follow me there, man. Carm, I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Thanks for having me, Ben. Pleasure, man. Yeah, likewise, Herb. This is fun. Good times, y'all. Thanks for watching. Hit that subscribe button. New channel. We're growing it. Be an early subscriber. We're going to be giving away a field jersey, fingers crossed, coming up. So uh, get on in here. Follow her. Follow Ben. Follow at the Carm. Don't ask me about Jim Harbaugh right now. I was, I was, I, I trust my source. I am trusting my source. <laughs> he's, he's, he's going to Miami. Say, this would be the ideal time to break even more news, Carmen. If you got something, you, you got to give I, it to I, the people. I, they've they've I, been I, with I, us for almost forty minutes now. I, I don't have it. I was told yesterday it was hundred percent. I've checked in all day. No change. I'm getting yelled at on Twitter, basically telling me, to, well, not even basically telling me to go to hell. Uh, if I get it wrong, <laughs> I'll give back the. Uh, breaking news either way i'm giving it back to adam schefter and ian rapaport and all those guys um but i felt it was my duty to put the harbaugh to miami out there because hey uh when you're told 100 percent by an incredibly good source I, I i had to tweet it now now i'm now i'm living in the terrifying world of am i wrong and it's not good so and not not looking for sympathy maybe i am breaking news thing that is that is an interesting interesting life to live all right we're done Herb, thanks again. Ben, thanks again. And most importantly, thanks for watching, you guys. And uh, hey, bear down. Go Matt Eberflus. Go Ryan Poles. Thank you, George McCaskey. Change for chain's sake. We'll see you next time. Ryan, uh, Mark Potash from the Sun-Times again. Uh, I just had a, wanted to circle back to the hiring of Matt. This is your first hire as a GM. What experience do you have in hiring, interviewing people that has led you to trust your intuition about head coaches as opposed to having a more expansive search? Um, you're looking for key things. You have a, a checklist of what you're looking for in that person, in that player. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. Given the opportunity to do a more expansive search, would you have done it? I was given the opportunity. I found him. David Hoffman, the score again. Just for the sake of accuracy, do you guys have the same agent, and did that relationship have anything to do with you guys knowing each other prior to this process or throughout the process? Yeah. I mean, um... I'm sure, you know, in terms of just getting a hold of each other, you know, in contact with each other, that plays a part. Yeah, it's just, it was, it was an easy transition, or easier, I should say. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.